Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. How can we get all that information out to healthcare professionals, strategies to support midwives and obstetricians and anybody in maternity care to to have that information readily available. After 40 odd years, I am coming across different presentations of birth and that, that's the same for all of us. So we have to educate ourselves and as soon as we start to learn with an open mind about in lived experience and individuals' backstories, their lives and the journeys they're taking, then that is absolutely key. Hello and welcome to the My Surrogacy Journey, the podcast. Today you have myself, Anna, and I'm joined by my co-host, Wes. Hi, Anna. Hello, listeners. So if you're new to the podcast, then welcome. Thank you for joining us. Go back and have a listen to some of the rest of the series. And if you're an old timer, then welcome back. In today's episode, we're talking to Sheena Byram, OBE, who has been a practicing midwife for over 40 years. Yes, we are really privileged to have Sheena with us today and I am going to do a virtual curtsy when she arrives. So Sheena is joining us today to talk about birthing plans and postnatal education, which is part one and part two. We'll be talking about the mindful plans and doula support. So this episode is for intended parents, it's for surrogates and it's for healthcare professionals just to really help you understand all of the components involved in creating and maintaining a birthing plan. I'd really encourage people to listen to this. I know if I had listened to this before uh, preparing for the births of my three children, I I definitely would have prepared better and I think I would have felt more empowered to ask the questions that I wanted to ask and more confident just to to sort of put our wishes out there. So do listen. I really think you would get a lot from this one. Thank you, Anna. So here is our conversation with Sheena. Hello. Hi, I'm delighted to be here. We are so thrilled to have you on this series. Tell me, Sheena, what's the protocol or the etiquette? Is it Lady Byram? Should I do a virtual bow or curtsy to you? Not at all. Not at all. I'm not really into titles and letters, etc. But sometimes I just use it if I want to make a point with someone. But normally I don't I don't talk about it at all. Just call me Sheena, please. <laughs> we 
here at My Sugar's Journey have was introduced with Sheena a while ago and we've been doing some work with her. Sheena does an amazing work and obviously your title, your OBE is in recognition for the work you do. So thank you for that work. And I think let's just quickly talk about the work that you do do. So Sheena has an organization called the Practicing Midwife Journal, which is aimed to support, educate and help the community come together. Have I framed that correctly, Sheena? You have, Wes. The Practicing Midwife is just one element. It's a very important element, but it's one element of the larger organization, which is called All for Maternity. And All for Maternity is, is really focuses on supporting, like you say, supporting, nurturing, educating all maternity workers. So we started off with midwives because I'm a midwife and my daughter Anna is a midwife and we actually own All for Maternity. And we wanted to have an organisation really that brought together everybody. Everybody's welcome, but we authentically use research evidence, if there is any, to synthesise it and make it understandable for practitioners to use in practice. So we, we try to bring it into real life. And we do that through language and through imagery. But it's not just the journal, it is e-learn modules, student midwife journal, we have a nurture zone, we have webinars, we do all kinds of things at Orph Maternity. That's it in a nutshell really, Wes. When you hear the breadth of the type of support and the type of areas that you cover for for your industry, it's amazing. And, you know, given your over 40 years worth of midwifery experience, I'm sure that all for maternity is helping people in lots and lots of different ways. So Anna is with us today as well. Hi, Anna. Hello. Hi, Sheena. Just wanted to echo Wes's words in thanking you for all your work and support. In terms of talking about support, one of the things we wanted to talk to you is about how intended parents and surrogates and midwives and anyone to do with maternity can support each other when we're talking about surrogacy. And I think probably specifically or a good place to start is thinking about birthing plans. Do you need them? Why do you need them? Why are they so important? Right. Yeah, this is a, a topic really close to my heart because I do believe that birthing plans, however you want to call them, are like the the person who's giving birth. It's like they're like their guideline. They kind of take you into the life of that person. And as a caregiver, they're the thing that you can look at and within a few minutes get a grasp of what's going on in this person's life, in the person that you're serving, you're caring for's life, and what matters to them, what's really important to them. So as well as listening intently, reading a birth plan is absolutely crucial. I'll come on to the developing it in, in a moment, but just from a, from a healthcare provider's point of view, it's something that we should value highly because, as I say, it just takes you instantly into that person's life and it's their guidance. I heard an obstetrician only yesterday talking and she said that if she had her way, she would um, make it mandatory for everyone to read the birth plan before they did anything else, as, uh, as long as there isn't an emergency going on. And, and I thought that was great because very often birth plans are kind of dismissed or, or seen as a bit much. But from, so from intended parents' point of view and from surrogates, I would say they are the one thing in terms of your antenatal care and your postnatal care and the birth itself. They're the one thing that you can 
do your research, really look into the support available outside the health service and make up your minds as to what you really want, um, what you really want out of the experience and that will be individual to you. And so I would, I would say that they're hugely important, that find a template or look at someone else's and certainly in terms of the surrogate and the intended parents that you do it as much as possible together and that you make a plan together of what you want and I do believe that they are absolutely wonderful documents that can really help you to achieve what you want. Sadly they don't it doesn't always go to plan just to just as a warning that you know the plan that you make doesn't always pan out as you wanted it but even so to me it's like planning your wedding it's like planning any event in your life where you want to have what you want so it's not about what everybody else wants it's about what you want i suppose gina even if so from my own personal point of view we, i had had birth plans and neither of our births went according to plan at all but at least we had talked about it us as independent parents with our surrogate but also the healthcare professionals so that as you said we knew we had advocates in the room who understood us what we wanted knew the language that we were using so that the actual steps didn't didn't go to plan but the kind of feeling in the room was was as close to what we had wanted which was which is really positive yeah absolutely because like I said it doesn't always go as you want it but as long as there are things in place so for example maintaining control if that's important to you then make it known that you want to be the decision maker or your advocate some individuals don't necessarily want that control they want to hand everything over to other people so it's just it's just yeah just outlining the things that matter really Sheena one of the things that you know I speak to a lot of intended parents whether they're heterosexual whether they're same sex some of them just don't understand the importance or when they should start thinking about birthing plan or you know when's it appropriate or they, they just feel sometimes that they don't want to be get in the way of the birth and so I think you know from from my point of view I always advise intended parents to think about a birthing plan really early not too early but early enough so that you can mull over you've got the time to think about what's right for you because I think particularly with a surrogacy pregnancy and a surrogacy birth is that there's always, I mean, we all know that the priority and the, the surrogate, uh, her wishes are, are often the, the priority and that will never change. And I don't think anyone wants to change that. What I advise intended parents to, to do is to make sure that they are working together with their surrogate, understanding what everyone's needs and wants are throughout the birthing experience and just kind of formulating a plan together which kind of looks after everyone's needs. Now, as you've mentioned, birth doesn't always go to plan, but I think... It's really good to get a plan in place, one that everyone's kind of signed up to. And there's a plan A and there's a plan B. And then there's probably a plan C, but no one can deal with that because it's very reactive. Would you kind of agree with that that, that approach? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so for me, it's, it's about openness and communication and working together. So advocate for starting early. I think I mentioned that when I was talking about birth plans because I think that it takes time to find out what you don't know so whether it's intended parents or surrogates it's finding out you know what what are the things that you want and what are the things that the other party wants 
and making sure that you articulate that in some way that you, you feel happy with. I would definitely say start early and yeah, look at, look at what's available to you and look for good practice where things have worked well for individuals and how they did that. I know that you and Wes, when you've gone through your experiences, you've worked with a midwife who was very supportive. That's a good example of how care should be. And that's what we should be highlighting all the time and giving that information to intended parents and surrogates so that they know how it can be. And that even if things don't go to plan, as long as you're treated with that compassionate um, respectful care then then usually you feel fine about it you feel happy and that's the most important thing is that parents and intended parents and surrogates and any parent having a baby leaves that experience with a feeling of satisfaction and of, of you know joy I would echo that Sheena what I would say is that we were extremely lucky to have the same midwife for both of our children uh, a lady called Caroline who I know is uh, a friend of yours Sheena and just a big shout out to Caroline because she she made a massive difference to our birthing experience and I think that's what I really wanted to highlight is that these healthcare professionals make the difference and and it's the difference between having a massively positive birthing experience both from our surrogate's point of view and ours and but it could be so different we did have an amazing experience we but we had to work really early on and you don't you get out of it what you put in hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com life is full of what-ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Sheena, one of the elements that I think, you know, particularly intended parents have to to struggle with, particularly going to a surrogacy, is that you don't fall within a a typical pathway when you are going through it. So how do you give those intended parents the confidence to be able to ask the questions that they might not necessarily want to ask? What advice would you give intended parents when they're about to go start a birthing plan? I just add a quick question there for Sheena too, because we keep talking about birthing plans and I don't know about you, Wes, but before I had children, I had no idea what a birthing plan was and I think maybe for people listening who haven't had children yet they're thinking this sounds lovely but but 
what actually is a birthing plan and what are the buckets or the elements that people need to to think about? Okay, so for those listeners who who haven't had a child yet, I suppose it's a wish list of things that matter to you. It's who's in the room with you, what kind of strategies you want for helping you to get through the labour, so what many people call it pain relief. So what, what kind of pain relief you want, what, what kind of what you want in the room, if you want music with you, if you, if you want minimal disturbance, um, that kind of thing. If you don't want vaginal examinations, if you don't want an epidural, who you want to be with you, if possible. Those are the kind of things. And there are templates out there online that you can, you can download. I don't know whether, Wes, have you got templates in your organisation? We do. So for those members of My Surrogacy Journey, you have access to uh, birthing plan templates, which you can access through your educational portal. Fantastic. That's what I was hoping you would say. And you can say, if this doesn't happen, I'd like this. And who your main advocate would be. So part of the planning is gathering those around you who are your circle of support. So it's not just about what you write down. It's about who you choose to be with you. So, of course, in, in a, a surrogate experience, it would be the hopefully the intended parents and the surrogate. But also there might be someone else that you want there. There might be the surrogate might want a partner with her if she's got one. There might be a doula as well. So work with work, working with those individuals from a very early stage because whilst the birth, sometimes when, when pregnancy first happens, or even if you haven't even got pregnant yet, it might seem a long way off. Nine months is a long way. But actually, working with those individuals right from the very beginning is important to build up the confidence, which leads on to your question, Wes, to building confidence um, in yourself and developing that relationship so getting to know each other and what's important to each other and so for example if one thing is sticks out in someone's mind so say for example one of the intended parents has a particular wish that they really want to happen either during labor or or immediately after the birth or before the birth if that that person really has this desire that that's spoken about and that's documented somewhere maybe or that it's just that you all have that understanding and and that's very important. Wes has mentioned that he had the same midwife and continuity of carer for any any birthing person is the gold standard. So and especially I guess for for surrogates and intended parents because obviously you are in a different situation and sometimes you may feel uncomfortable so if you had the same midwife who understood and had built up a relationship with you, that is gold standard. But of course, we don't always have that, unfortunately. It's very rare. So writing it down as a document, it's just as important as your medical record. It's part of your medical records. The confidence thing is, I think it's a really big one, isn't it? Because yeah. I think all of us, even the ones of us who are, even the people who are, outwardly sort of very assured when they get into this situation where they feel vulnerable where they 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 don't know what what to expect or even what to ask for then it can be daunting isn't it I imagine it's so daunting and fear of being judged um, will be huge so I guess that I would seek the for the intended parents I would seek other intended parents other people that have been in the same situation Seek them out, uh, especially listening to positive stories, 
and and asking them who they found helpful in their journey and organization like yours where you've got that hand holding all the way through and you've got someone who's saying we can help you to do this and I think that making sure that you share those stories and, you know, if you are a member with My Surrogacy Journey, then we obviously support you through those particular elements. But for those who are not members, you can always get in touch with us or you can find, particularly with the NHS, there's, the, there's lots of uh, resources available to you. I think it's just understanding where to find them. One of the big challenges I think that's out there, Sheena, is, and for those healthcare professionals who are listening, it's about how do we give those healthcare professionals the confidence to be able to deal with surrogacy intended parents or surrogates who might not necessarily go through the normal pathway of of any typical pregnancy in your experience sheena what what advice would you give to those healthcare professionals when when dealing with you know a set of intended parents and a surrogate yeah really really good point wes and i actually wrote this down on in my little book i've got a notebook in front of me that i've been making notes as you've been speaking and I wrote down education because as a healthcare professional, we're facing new situations all the time. I am, for example, even now, after 40 odd years, coming across different presentations of birth. And that, that's the same for all of us. So we have to educate ourselves. And as soon as we start to learn with an open mind about in lived experience and individuals' backstories, their lives and the journeys they're taking, then... That is absolutely key to it. I mean, it's the same with any anything. We have to know and understand the, the different situations. So I would say first and foremost is educate yourself on these issues and going through to various organisations like yours where you can you know you can get reliable information that's non-judgmental, that's not pushy in any way. Find out as much as you can about about surrogacy and about intended parents. I learnt loads, Wes, reading the document that you have been instrumental in creating, which you might want to tell everybody about afterwards. But I learnt loads from that. It's really easy to read, it's simple. How can we get all that information out to healthcare professionals? Well, we can keep sharing it on social media, share it via emails, and but also face-to-face -face contact in organisations. There should be strategies to support midwives and obstetricians and anybody in maternity care to, to have that information readily available. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is for, for healthcare professionals to remember why they came to be into the position, why they wanted to be working in maternity services because that's what we're talking about right now why did they want to do that and, and it's mainly to support everyone to help them um, with with kindness and compassion if we try to remember that everyone that comes in front of us is totally vulnerable and that we are there really to hopefully enable their their childbirth experience to be the best it can be. I think you raised some really good points there, Sheena. Families are being created differently now. We all know that yeah, things are changing. The, the way that families are created, modern families, blended families, there's all of those components. And it and it's great that NHS policy is starting to reflect that. And you, you touched on educating yourself. You know, every single NHS trust should have a surrogacy policy. So if you're a healthcare worker or if you're an intended parent or a surrogate, you can request that trust's uh, surrogacy policy so that you 
know the guidelines that they're working within. So that's always a good place to start with understanding what is possible within that trust because that should be detailed within their policy. Let me move on, Sheena, to so baby's born. This is aimed at, you know, intended parents and surrogates as well as a healthcare professional. Baby's being born. The surrogate's now in recovery. Intended parents are hopefully in their own room beginning life now as, you know, maybe a three or even a four. What are the type of things that you would talk to healthcare professionals or surrogates about postnatal care. We often hear with surrogates that this is a really important or sometimes very difficult time for them. Well, it would be to find out what that what that group of individuals want in for the postnatal care because it might be different. Also to listen and communicate with with the individuals to find out how they want that to be. Absolutely. What advice would you give to those healthcare professionals who are dealing with a surrogate who's handed the baby over uh, to her intended parents and then she's, she then needs that support of her family and potentially the healthcare providers around her? Well, I would say sit down and, and, and look at the woman in her eyes and give her a smile and ask her how she is and is there anything she needs and how she's feeling and does she want anybody to to be with her and I would say to her what is it that you'd like from me today what would it be that would make you feel better about your day today and and it would just be to be responsive to that person but first of all listening to them asking them how they are and openly asking them I've always found that when you do that I've just been in hospital actually and I was seriously ill and I was in for three weeks and I found that the nurses that came to me and sat with me and asked me that question it was very rare that anybody did that but they were the ones that just helped me so much to get better so I would imagine that from a surrogate's point of view, when she's in the postnatal period, she, she's hopefully she's discussed the care with, with the intended parent. So I would suggest that the, the healthcare professional treats the woman with respect and asks her what she wants. I would in- always encourage, and I think you hit it spot on there, is about hitting stuff head on and not being frightened, but also showing your humanity and your compassion. And actually, I think what you said is, is a really, really simple, but really effective way to, you know, treat someone with respect and humanity. Absolutely. Do it with compassion. Do it with a smile. Do it with love. The verb to love is is just to show that love and just to ask. I think in these situations, it's really important to understand what it means you know sort of the different surrogacy journeys and the different terminology for example the words you use the language you use so that you don't make a mistake so that you don't inadvertently offend someone which can happen so having that knowledge is really important and don't overcomplicate it let's just let's just keep it really simple and i think you know some of the things we've just touched on we cover some of those post-birth recovery elements in part two of this episode which is covered by the lovely kiki in regards to you know the, the support that a doula can offer and, and particularly picking up the, those elements and from a from a heterosexual woman who wasn't able to carry the pregnancy herself what are some of the things that a healthcare professional should maybe consider or be more sensitive to or maybe choose the correct language when dealing with a scenario such as yourself? I mean, I think, first of all, I would say, listening to how you speak about the care that you give, it's amazing. And I sort of, it's made me go back and think about our own journey. And I think many 
especially many women, have had such a long time to get pregnant. And there's an element of desperation when you've had such a long time of struggling with infertility that when you finally get to being pregnant, your eyes are so focused on when am I going to have a baby? I'm going to have a baby that you do forget about the pregnancy. You don't give your ta- yourself the time to think about how are we going to make the most of this journey. You're just thinking about kind of that the baby at the end of it. And, and Sheena, you said something at the beginning that this isn't just about kind of getting through it. It's about making it as best as it can be. So I would say to anyone, as particularly people who've who've been waiting for this for such a long time, that take the time to go through all of this, to think about the birth, to make it as good as it can be for you and for your surrogate. Because it's all part of the journey that you're going through. It's all part of your child's life and story of how they came into the world. I think in terms of the triggers or what people should be really conscious of is is really language and that's the one thing that I've struggled with a lot during my pregnancies and I know other intended mums have it it's just making sure that the language used is appropriate for the situation and often that's really just about talking about the surrogate and the intended mum it is it's hard it's hard hearing that someone else is being called mum and that's your name and that's what you've been wanting to be called for a long time. So, yeah, I think language is probably the biggest thing. And as Sheena said, that comes down to, to education, really. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. It, language is so important. I still get it wrong sometimes. You know, I use when, when so for it, just to give you an example, I still get it wrong with non-binary people sometimes I say she or he when it's they or them and and I'm learning all the time but if I didn't know that I would get it wrong constantly so it is education thank you Anna and I also think you know it's okay to get some things wrong it's then how you educate yourself to not get it wrong again and I think let's give healthcare professionals the opportunity like it's okay to get it wrong one of the things that jumped out for me during our journeys was that treat the intended parents and the surrogate as a team don't just necessarily only speak to the surrogate the ips want to be as involved in this as possible so so treat them as a collective and like ask the group about decisions yes and i think that's part of understanding then from the healthcare professional's point of view understanding what this collective really wants talking to everyone together it's just about making sure that everyone is comfortable everyone's given the space they need but ultimately as well is that everyone is given the opportunity to be part of the pregnancy and and just be present well look I think this has been an amazing session. Thank you, Sheena. And I mean, Sheena, do you, you might you may know this that you may not. How many babies have you helped deliver? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I get asked this all the time, and I don't have any idea. But I I don't see my job as delivering babies. I, I see it as being an, sort of a, a support to the families and to midwives and and to others. And thank you so much for inviting me today. You know, it's a really big honour to me for me to be part of this discussion and I've learned a lot. Thank you. Thanks so much, Sheena. I hope you took as much from that episode as I did recording it. What I found from that episode, one is how 
calming Sheila's voice <laughs> yeah. is and how lovely she is. But it also took me way back to the birth of both of our children, the experience in the lead up to doing the birthing plan, working with the consultant, working with our amazing midwife. And it all just took me back to what a positive experience can be achieved. But that was because we did it all really early and we engaged with the trust. We didn't always agree with the trust, but then we worked the way through. I mean, it's never straightforward, but we achieved a really positive birthing experience and it is achievable. So if you like this, then please go to listen to the rest of the series. You can find us on Apple Podcast, ACAR Spotify and My Surrogacy Journey members portal. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.